I'm delighted to welcome today Louise Bowditch, who is an all-round good egg. Um, there's lots of things you do, Louise. So uh, clinical hypnotherapy, rapid, tra rapid transformation therapist, amongst others. Um, so, so where would you like to start? Tell us about what, one of those things and then we can work through. I think I should say that I'm not a RTT. So I'm not a rapid transformation therapist. I haven't trained with Marissa Peer. So I'm a rapid uh, change practitioner, uh -huh. which is just a, a different name for using um, sort of cutting edge and neuroscience to enable people to move forward from their stuck state, whatever that might be. So, Okay, neuroscience. We're hearing a lot about <laughs> neuroscience. So for the benefit of uh, the listeners, what, what is neuroscience? Neuroscience is the study of the brain and how it works and then how we obviously we're influenced by how our sort of evolutionary brain uh, has, you know, how evolution has changed our brain or some of parts of our brain, not all parts of our brain. But yes, so neuroscience is the study of, of how the brain works. So that would fit into the various different therapies that you do. The clinical hypnotherapy obviously is that's really, really, really yes. you know, like in-depth stuff. So, so with the clinical hypnotherapy, what type of conditions do people seek you for to help them with? Well, I think the issue that most people are struggling with that I seem to see and, um, and help through is anxiety. Anxiety seems to be uh, where people are really struggling at the moment and so I have seen a lot of people for you know and it manifests itself in different ways and the causes can be different and everyone has their own story and have it, everyone has their own history if you like as to how and why and when anxiety started to really impact their daily lives but it's definitely anxiety based um, yeah typically um, it seems to be that anxiety starts when we're young, never gets dealt with, never gets discussed. So I'm hearing a lot of the practitioners that I interview all going back to childhood. So is that the, the same kind of pattern that, that you've experienced as well? Yes, well, I'm actually a solution focused hypnotherapist and so trained in solution focused hypnotherapy, which means that we are always looking to find a solution you know it sort of does what it says on the tin rather than or at least the framework uh, of rather than re-examining uh, you know the past in too much detail and I subscribe to that way of doing things to a certain extent but this is where I probably differ to some of my solution focused hypnotherapist colleagues because I believe that you can't really ever get to the crux if you like of what has caused the anxiety and how to disempower the hold that it has over you if you don't look to the past to find out potentially where it started how it started and then diffuse the hold that it has over you really so I do believe in finding out the root cause if you like so but it's all, always done within a solution focus framework so we might look back but we don't talk about the problem for hours and hours and hours obviously clinical hypnotherapy is different to counseling and talking therapies it's slightly different so that's we we have some 
hang on, how can I put it? We look back to the past, we look to find those key moments that are still having an impact because of how our brain works, we create templates of behavior. So we, we need to look back and find those templates where they started from in order to sort of be able to take someone forward. So it's, it's a balance, isn't it really? About not uncovering the past to the point where it's so debilitating and painful that you, they can't move forward. So, and that's where the skill of your training and, and experience comes in, I guess. What, what's the difference between cl clinical hypnotherapy and the rapid transformation change thing that you do? So the, the I think I, I mean, what's in a title? I mean, it, you know, it does it really matter? No, it absolutely doesn't. It just gives, I think, people who are looking for some help and support an idea of what I get up to. So clinical hypnotherapy is based in neuroscience and entails a certain um, sort of set of protocols and techniques that are used and employed to help someone move forward, to help them get out of suffering and start to, you know, live a life that you know they want to live toward, and move them towards their their goals, if you like. And the rapid change therapies that I use are a different way, but to get to the same goal. So they're, they're using more. I wouldn't say unusual methods, but they're using more sort of cutting edge um, sort of, and some may say that they're a different kind of modality, but the end goal is to support the client through a journey that gets them from a stuck point A to the best possible place they can be at point B. Excellent. So how did you get into this? It's not exactly um, sort of a nine to five um 50-year gold watch sort of uh, profession, is it? So how did you get into this, Louise? Well, I think I probably got here over the 50-year period of time because I'm now 54. And I have struggled myself with anxiety, with um, difficult situations and trauma. And it's taken me a lifetime to get to a place where I feel that I can use all of my experience in a positive way. And so I experienced some hypnotherapy uh, a couple of times in my life. Didn't really think about pursuing it myself until I did a sort of self, I don't know, I don't like the word self-improvement because, hey, you know, we're pretty okay as we are but it was a self-development course and that actually was with Marissa Peer who actually did who does offer the rapid transformation therapy and but I did one of her courses for self-improvement and that was quite a few years ago and it was at that point that I started to think this really interests me and so that's when the seed was sown and from there I sort of moved found myself and I got here I don't know organically I don't know how, how to describe it really. I kind of ended up here and I'm thinking, gosh, I wish I'd found this sooner, but I'm loving it now I'm here, so. Brilliant. I'm a great believer in time is, is, the, is so important because we, how often do we say, as, you know, in our 50s and 60s, and I'm in my 60s now, but how, how often do we say, if only we'd known this, mm. but it's impossible. It's a ridiculous statement because we couldn't possibly have known it because we hadn't lived it. 
and we have to live something in order to go through it to be able to reflect back <laughs> so, indeed so, yes yeah um, hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it <laughs> it is yeah and it doesn't it, it doesn't some people it doesn't help they don't seem to learn the lessons but for a lot of us um, when we can reflect on what's happened in the past but also see the patterns because you know we're, we're creatures of habit aren't we and we do we do tend to repeat the same patterns um but Definitely. it's not until people get to the to a point of such pain they they have to change that they then wake up and go oh I've been doing this all my life I should if I change <laughs> things might improve so luckily we've got the help of people like yourself to um to to call upon so um what would what are the key things that you see often what are the key conditions you've mentioned anxiety I mean what other things that um, people see see you for um so fears and phobias obviously they're based in and they're an extreme form of anxiety related to a specific thing or situation so fears and phobias what else um I have dealt with PTSD um which it can be very challenging obviously for particularly for the person in front of you they're going through something very difficult and but anxiety seems to be you know the biggest chunk of my work because but it, it does manifest itself in different ways so <clears throat> stress can cause anxiety anxiety can cause stress it's a resistance to what is really stress and <clears throat> because of how our brains are, our primitive brain, that sort of brain that we have inherited, if you like, from our uh, primitive ancestors, when our brains, that central part, that primitive brain hasn't really changed that much to cope with a modern day life. So we, we have learned all sorts of amazing things and we have the neocortex, which is where we are able to, um, the left prefrontal cortex, our personalities and our, ability to learn languages and interact with other people and all of those things fly plane etc etc but our primitive brain still has a huge influence over us and the part of the primitive brain that causes the sort of fear response is something that is easily triggered by stressful situations and negative thinking so negative thinking can lead to anxiety and long-term anxiety can lead to depression so there's a whole host of different ways that a client will present but if you kind of strip everything down to its bare minimum if you like it often stems from fear or anxiety so I would mm. say it's difficult to say it's one thing apart from fear or anxiety. You used anxiety and stress in the same sentence Mm. are they one of the same and you mentioned one leads to another you know back and forth so on so I mean are, are they really really different things or are they two words for the same thing well good question I don't know I've never really looked at it like that stress is really created by our resistance to what is so it's about wanting something to be different to how it is so whether that's your job your relationship your weight, your, you know, your the physical features, we can, by wanting that change, by wanting to have things different to how they actually are, causes this undue stress and, and suffering, I guess, is another way to put it. So having the ability to allow that resistance to go and just accept the way things are, doesn't mean to say that you can't look to change them, doesn't mean to say that you can't find ways 
to deal with it effectively and move forward. But stress itself, I guess, can cause the anxiety because it's triggering the primitive response in the, in the brain. So when we're stressed, we're producing the stress hormones, uh, adrenaline and cortisol. And adrenaline and cortisol are part of the system of the primitive brain that you know we release those hormones when we're frightened when we're scared and when we're anxious you know when we're trying to get away from a dangerous situation so i wouldn't say they're the same thing i would say that they trigger a very similar response in the body consequently the outcome or the symptoms can be very similar Mm. it's amazing how we we're learning so much now about the brain but also about um the the brain body connection and how you know the mind mind body the gut connection you know the whole thing that we are one huge jigsaw puzzle uh with so many different routes to to how we can how we can you know put the put the um the pieces together so when you mentioned about the yes the the depression side of things and the anxiety and, and so on and so forth um with the work that i do the um i do mineral mineral uh, imbalance um assessments and blood analysis and that type of thing um, along with my my health mentoring and a mineral imbalance can cause the same effects the same symptoms rather so for example magnesium if you have too much magnesium or too little magnesium in relation with certain other minerals that can cause um, fatigue it can cause depression and it can even lead to suicide in um, thoughts in in some situations so we've got so many different ways and I'm really excited about all the connections that we've got all got because we all know different therapists and when we have somebody with a certain situation I can tell through the underlying causes through the testing and then point the people in in the right direction for the different therapists because i'm not a therapist as such i'm I, i'm a, a detective shall we say um and uh, i find the root cause of problems and then signpost so it's wonderful to have people like you that um, we can uh, we can direct people to so what would be your um your kind of top tips for people to help to keep come some kind of sanity in their lives um as you mentioned, the world we're living in is is designed to create anxiety. You know, it, from from tiny things to to massive things, and there's there's obviously a scale in between. But on the assumption that we all have some kind of anxiety level somewhere in our lives, what would you suggest are the maybe the top three tips? Well, I think the first area of lifestyle to address if someone was looking to address and ease their own anxiety levels and stress levels if you like without going down the sort of uh, pharmaceutical route shall we say would be to look at sleep sleep is so important it has a huge impact on our waking life and it's when we process the day's events so if we don't get enough of the right kind of sleep, so we, we're looking for a rapid eye movement sleep because that helps to process the day's events. It helps us to convert an emotional situation, an event that we've experienced, it helps to convert it into a more rational uh, and a, a memory that we have more control over. It sort of depotentiates the emotion, emotion from it and allows us to be more have more perspective. So you've heard of the phrase, or let's sleep on it, sleep on it, see how you feel in the morning. That's exactly why, because our brains go through a process and, you know, every time when we sleep, 
and we've got to make sure we're getting the right amount of sleep so depression um, can cause us to sleep more and more and consequently our brains try and work through everything that's going around in our in our minds and causes us to wake up feeling absolutely exhausted because REM sleep is actually a very uh, what they call innovating so it's really energy heavy takes a lot of energy to process the day's events and so we end up okay we might get eight hours sleep but we end up feeling very tired and fatigued and of course if you wake up and you can hardly get out of bed it's not the best start to the day so that's a cycle that can continue and when we have anxiety um because the the hormones aren't being produced enough you know we're, we're producing no hormones at all that help us with our feel good factor etc serotonin endorphins etc and so depression can really affect that make us sleep more and we end up feeling worse and then with anxiety we're producing too much of the not so good hormones those stress hormones i mentioned so adrenaline and cortisol and so that can affect our sleep so that will make us wake up we'll have difficulty dropping off or we'll wake up and we can't get back to sleep and so again we wake up or we find ourselves in the morning not having had enough of the right kind of sleep so we're grouchy we're tetchy we're you know on the back foot already and of course the cycle continues so it's getting a really good handle on sleep and within that i would say it's about sleep hygiene so it's looking at your screen time close to bed it's about ensuring that you know you don't necessarily watch the news right before you go to bed when there's all sorts of doom and gloom um, and finding a routine that works for you everyone is different you know some people are night owls some people are early morning larks but it's about finding a routine that really works for you that enables you to get enough sleep of the right sleep to help and i would say that's the number one tip and then i think it's also about letting go choosing your battles so to speak whether that's at work or at home relationships etc it's about finding ways to allow things to kind of wash over you when they don't have a really bad impact on you you know if there's if there's a, something that's happening at work or a relationship where it's having a really negative impact that then yes you obviously need to be able to approach that and deal with that but it's about letting go the things that you know don't sweat the small stuff basically and then my third tip would be to use what we call in solution focused hypnotherapy which is the three p's so it's a bit of a cheat, really, because I get to have three extra things here all in one <laughs> point. Um, and that is positive thought, positive action and positive interaction. Because when we use have those three things in our life, we end up being able to cope better because it helps with the production of our feel good hormones. So positive interaction is our connection with others. And it's one of our basic human needs connection and so some people enjoy other people's company some people find it more of a challenge but it's about having a connection or connections that are right for you uh, so that you can feel that it's a shared human life is a shared experience so i would definitely look for your tribe whether that's online or in person obviously a bit more difficult in these covid times but yeah i would say positive interaction is you know is something that we should be looking to achieve then positive thought again it's about letting stuff go looking for the joy gratitude is huge with positive um, thought so gratitude and forgiveness because that allows you to move forward 
And then positive action is about moving your body in a way that feels good. We're obvious, a lot of us are sedentary, working from home a lot now, working in front of screens. And it's not about running a marathon or doing you know, hour long workouts at the gym. If that's your bag, brilliant, go for it. But it's not my bag, that's for sure. So walking for me is my moving my body in a way that I enjoy. So it's finding something that allows you to physically move because as you said so eloquently earlier, our minds and bodies are not separate entities. Everything is connected. Um, and there's there's other tips as well because it, you know obviously and you know from the nutrition angle from the supplement angle there's lots of different ways that you can improve your chances of maintaining you know strong resilient emotional um, and sort of mental health so mm, absolutely and then again that links with the work that I do with the disbehavioural profiling because you've you've mentioned you know different types of interaction for some people having a party. Um, myself that's that's one, one of my ways of positive interaction um in fact i'm just organizing a, a lunch with uh, a number of friends uh, next week so that that to me is a positive interaction whereas for some people that's their worst nightmare they want to you know sneak away so we've got the differences in behavior with extroverts and introverts and sometimes when people have an introvert and an extrovert behavior in their own profile one minute they want to be outgoing, the next minute they, they, they're introverted, depending upon the context of the situation, their body, their mind will choose whichever is the appropriate um, behaviour at that time. So, yeah, there's so many, so many aspects to look at. And it's, as I say, it's wonderful. That we've got so many um, experts now on sleep. Um, a, a friend of mine is a, is a wonderful sleep specialist. So whatever the, the thing is that we all identify with there's somebody out there now that can help and it's wonderful with all of these natural therapies and um, as you mentioned you know without medication medication has a place for some people at certain times and um but a lot of the time mother nature has the answers and we just need to tap into it see what definitely. what's right for us definitely so any last thoughts before we close louise it's been lovely speaking with you and learning a bit more about what you do i think i mentioned it very briefly the uh, art of gratitude and I started a gratitude journal back in December 2016 it, it was in fact a 30-day challenge for the month of December in 2016 and I haven't stopped since and I do talk about it a lot it has brought such positive change into my life and so I would encourage if someone is looking for that first small step just to change the way they feel about themselves or life in general, it would be to start a gratitude journal. Start with what you've got, notes on your phone or a diary or a notebook, and just look for three things during a day that you can be grateful or thankful for. And I mean, I'm talking about your first cup of tea or coffee, finding a parking space, you know, which can be really, really something to be really grateful for when it's busy. A blue sky we've just had three days of beautiful weather here in the UK and it has been an absolute joy and I didn't take it for granted any of those days because we've had so much grey and we've got grey again today so I, I really do highly recommend finding just a few minutes every night is, <clears throat> excuse me I do mine at night time before I go to bed and just look for those three things obviously and the thing is the amazing thing is 
as soon as you start to look for three things within a couple of weeks you'll be finding five things six things I've had to move from a a5 diary that was a week to a view or oh, sorry yeah a week views in on a double spread I'm now on an a5 diary with a day a page a day mm. because there's so much that I can still be grateful for even when other things around me are difficult mm. so yeah gratitude makes what we have enough and can really really have huge life-changing properties if done regularly and consistency consistently absolutely I'm not one for writing in journals I've tried several times but I'm just not disciplined enough but I talk to myself so when I'm driving around in the car or walking along I'm looking at all the beauty around me and thanking you know for to, to be able to hear the birds and see see the sunsets or sunrises or whatever it is and yeah absolutely right and it lightens our mood doesn't it, it makes us feel lighter and, and more comfortable in our own skin definitely it helps with your positive outlook it gives you hope and something to look forward to and it allows you even on the toughest of days even when you have to dig really deep it does allow you to see that there is still so much to be grateful for. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well said and a lovely note to finish on. Mm -hmm. So where do people find you, Louise? Websites, Facebook and things like that? Yes, yes. So I have a website, louisebowditch.com, nice and easy. And you can find out more about the different kinds of therapies I offer there. You can also book a 30-minute complimentary discovery call just so we can have a chat and see if we're a good fit to work together. And I also have social media profiles on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. So I'm contactable in quite a few ways. Wonderful. Can you spell your surname for the benefit of the listeners who aren't looking at your spelling on the screen? I can. I'll do it. The old um, I'm married to an ex-naval guy, so I'll do it in the whatever that alphabet is. Mm -hmm. um, it's Bowditch, which is spelt um bravo oscar whiskey delta indigo tango charlie hotel lovely louise belditch thank you very much indeed for your time today it's been a pleasure speaking with you thanks very much for having me elaine thank you